and welcome to You Lost Me at Namaste, where we discuss all things wellness, well-being, and spirituality at the real world 101 level. I'm the host and well-being alchemist, Michelle Schoenfeld, and I'm hoping that with today's episode, it's just going to help you feel a little bit better during this really kind of unprecedented time. And I am so overhearing that, as I'm sure many of you are, but it is the truth. And it's part of today's topic. The reason we're tired of hearing about these unprecedented times or uncharted times in our history is because we, most of us, a lot of us, I should say, are suffering a little bit from compassion fatigue. And so today's episode, I want to do all about compassion fatigue, the difference between that and burnout, and what you can do about it, and why it's so easily treatable and you will feel better before you know it, I promise you. So what exactly is compassion fatigue? Well, really what it is, is it's that sense of feeling that you get when you're just purely worn out. Like you're emotionally worn out, you're physically worn out, you might have um, problems sleeping, you might be gaining weight or losing weight, maybe your skin's not looking so good, you're getting more headaches, but you're just feeling blah, like just so over it. Like literally if I see one more post about COVID or a political post, like I want to poke my eyes with a fork. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, for some reason, I'm still looking because it's also addictive. So today I'm going to cover all the signs and symptoms of compassion fatigue, what's different than burnout, what you can do about it, why it's addictive, and how you can feel better soon. So for a lot of you who've listened, and if you're new, welcome. Thank you for finding me. (laughs) Uh, I had cancer. I had stage three breast cancer, and I fought for about two years. This was five and six years ago. And this was my first... um, the first time I kind of came across compassion fatigue. And that wasn't for me. It was for my friends and some of my family. And it's one thing a lot of people get compassion fatigue when they're taking care of somebody. That's the more standard way of referring to compassion fatigue is when you feel the pain of others, when you're, you have empathy for others, somebody you're taking care of or close with or love. And it gets to the point where you just feel like you can't do anymore because you're worn out. And for me, with my cancer, I had a couple really close girlfriends that did the majority of my care. And I know, I know that it was hard for them because I was sick, not just for like days or weeks, but months. And it was Groundhog Day over and over. Yes, I'm sick. I'm throwing up again. I have a headache. Like my hair, I'm upset about my hair. I'm crying because I'm hormonal. Yet these were really important people in my life who were taking care of me and taking care of my children. And I was very lucky in that um, I had a lot of really beautiful people in my life that kind of helped in different days and different times. So nobody, not one person got too tired. But if you are a child taking care of a parent who's sick or you're a parent taking care of a child who's sick or a spouse or a partner where you don't get that relief, then that's where compassion fatigue kicks in. And unfortunately, right now, during everything that's going on in the world, A lot of us don't have that extra support because we are staying home with the person that we're taking care of. And so that's one type of compassion fatigue. And how you know if you have it, like I said, let me just go over some of the symptoms, are chronic exhaustion, um, weight loss, irritability, headaches. Maybe you're feeling like low self-esteem or self-contempt. 
Maybe you're feeling guilty for not feeling compassionate anymore because there is a sense of numbness that comes in and apathy that can come when compassion fatigue gets really strong, where you just can't do it anymore, where you want to break up with that person or you want to like you dream, daydream of running away to a different country or going on an extended vacation and never coming back because you just feel so overwhelmed or maybe you're hopeless or sad. These are all symptoms of compassion fatigue and know that they're normal and that they will go away and that you're not a bad person. If you feel this way, if you're having any of these feelings, you're not a bad person. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not being selfish by wanting to be alone or run away. These are normal because we only can do so much. We can only do so much. And part of it with what's going on now in the world, like, so maybe everything's, you know, before COVID or before the riots was great in your life. You had a good job, you have friends, you're loving life, and now you're still feeling this feeling, this compassion fatigue feeling. Meanwhile, maybe you're not actually taking care of somebody. Well, that's real too. And the reason why now is that we are being bombarded with 24 hours of news of sad stories. And we just can't take it where our body physically is not designed to take this 24 hour long term. We've been doing this for weeks now, months now of being bombarded with these negative stories and sad stories and personal interest stories. And sure, there's a lot of beautiful stories too. There's beautiful stories of communities coming together and wildlife coming back into the environment and resilience. I love resilient stories. We all love the underdog who does something extraordinary, but unfortunately there's not enough of those to compensate for all the negative stuff that we're being bombarded with. And the reason I'm doing the podcast on this today, besides the fact I think it's necessary is I am a believer in the law of attraction and what we focus on expands. So thinking about negative stuff is going to attract more negative stuff. We don't want to do that. So why would I want to do a podcast addressing it? Well, because I do feel it's my kind of personal responsibility to help you guys. And this is going to help you because we need to switch our mindset over to the positive and we can do it. We don't want to put our head in the sand and pretend like it's not happening because it is. We've pretty much exhausted that trying to think positive all the time with the current situation with the riots and, um, and all the other things that are going on, at least in the United States. And I am doing this remotely from Bodrum, Turkey. So if you hear chickens or cars in the background, that's why. And I will say it's very interesting being abroad, um, watching the European news and the Turkish news. Now, I don't have a TV. I'm very unplugged, but I do have some neighbors and friends. I occasionally will check it or online, of course. And the world is watching us and they're sad for us and they're concerned for us. And they're in complete disbelief that the strongest country in the world, the role model for most of the world is having such incredible crisis um, inside the borders. So I thought that it was important that I do this podcast today on it um, because this, you know, the 24 hour bombardment we're getting just when we thought COVID was tapering off. Now we have all this other stuff with the politics and the riots and, and the sadness that people are feeling in their heart and the darkness they're feeling. And so to bring this back around to why we're feeling so tired and exhausted and just over it, almost apathetic in some cases, or of course with the rioters, the misplaced anger um, that's coming out has to do with cortisol and has to do with our body's ability to, um, to filter it, our body's ability to produce it. It becomes addictive. 
we can become addicted to stress. We become addicted to that release of cortisol. And cortisol is produced by your adrenal glands, and they sit on each of your kidneys. So, of course, it's responsible for adrenaline as well, but cortisol. And cortisol is the stress hormone. It gets a lot of negative press, of course, because it um, causes aging and inflammation and problems with our organs. But what it's designed for is it's designed to kind of save us. It's our built-in alarm system. It's when there's a fire that gives us that extra energy to run out. When you hear stories of like, you know, moms doing extraordinary things to save their children and all this energy and strength coming, it's from these releases, running away from a tiger. (laughs) These are times that we need that burst of cortisol, that alarm system to save us. But it's not designed for long-term use. It's that short fight or flight response that our body needs. And we're getting bombarded with it right now. And our body just can't take it. So what can we do about it? What can we do about it? Well, the first thing you can do is unplug, if at all possible, unplug. It will change your life. Turn off the TV. Do not watch the news. Unsubscribe to those pages on social media or stay off of social media if you can whatever works for you, but definitely unplug from the TV. And if you really need to know what's going on, I mean, of course, we want to stay informed. We want to know what's going on in the world, in our community, but limit yourself. Limit yourself to maybe an hour in the morning or a half hour in the evening or subscribe to um, a newsletter that gives you, you know, updates a couple times a day that you trust, that you feel is fair balance and not all drama and that maybe you can just read it because we don't need to be bombarded with these images either. It's a lot better to read the facts than it is to be bombarded with all these images and drama that are honestly, whether they're real, which they are, you know, or not, they're still designed to sell. That's what media is. They need to sell. And drama is what sells. Um, Again, like I said, because we're addicted to it. We want to see it's, you know, when people slow down to look at the car crash, Well, people aren't really usually stopping to help them. Of course, we do sometimes. I have several times. I'm sure some of you out there have as well. But in general, people are looking to see what happened. Oh my gosh, did you see how bad that was? And then they keep on driving. So we have kind of this car crash society of that we can't believe the things and we want to see the details. But that's not healthy for us. So the first thing you can do is unplug. Another thing you can do is detach as much as possible From any of the things that are out of your control, that's part of the radical acceptance as well, is if these things are not in your control, which they are not, then detach from it. You don't need that energy. You don't need that taking up space in your mind, in your heart. And you definitely do not need to be producing cortisol or wasting any energy on things that are out of your control. You can donate to charity. You can help a friend repair their business. You can get out to the voting booth and vote. Those are things you can do. But a lot of the stuff that we're seeing, you can't do anything about. You can't do anything to help. The other thing is to ditch toxic friends. If you have people in your life that are just talking about this nonstop, they're like calling you, oh my God, guess what happened overnight? Or did you hear about this? Ditch them. I'm not saying you have to get rid of them long-term or pull them from your life. There definitely are people that we do need to get rid of in our life that we've just been holding on to out of obligation or familiarity or habit. And it's time to clean house a little bit because we need self-care. But you can also ditch people that you do care about for now. Just, you don't have the time. Sorry, I can't, maybe you can't answer the phone call and you send them a text. Sorry, in the middle of something right now, I'll get back to you later. 
Because a lot of times when you do get back to somebody later, the energy has dispersed enough that they're not going to just vomit that negativity on you. And we've all been, we've all been guilty of this. We've been guilty of trying to be that best friend and like absorbing the people's issues. We've been guilty of kind of wanting to hear it because we just can't believe it. Like I said, it is addictive. Oh my God, really? Then what happened? Right? Because we want to hear this because it's addictive. And we've also been guilty of the one doing the vomiting. I definitely have. Oh my gosh, I'll joke about it with my friends between cancer and divorce and, (laughs) you know, health issues. Like I, as healthy as I am, as much as I teach this, I'm human. Of course, sometimes I, you know, you know, totally tell my friends stuff that probably didn't need to be said um, about things going on in my life. And it's, it happens. So what you can do is learn from it, move on. So detach from your toxic friends the ones who are just only sharing the negativity as much as you can. It will start to help you. This is part of your own self-care. Other things you can do is meditation. Meditation is great. There's so many apps out there. I've done podcasts on it. I love it. It changed my life. It doesn't mean you have to sit quietly for 20 minutes. If that works for you, great. That's awesome. There's mantra, there's chanting, but it can also just be closing your eyes in a quiet space and doing a daydream in your head. Visualize going to your favorite vacation spot, swimming, drinking a cocktail, feeling the sun on your face, seeing the sun sparkling off the water, fishing, whatever it is that you love to daydream about, daydream about it. That daydream is also a meditation. Um, Art, if you love art or drawing or coloring, those are also meditations. You can journal. That's very effective for people. Journal. And you can journal that things are going on in your life, but you can also just sit down and start writing I love gratitude journaling. Just write all the things that you're grateful for that have ever happened. You could write things that you're grateful for that happened in elementary school, things that are grateful that happened to you in college. If you can't think about things that you're just grateful for in general or things that are grateful that happened, you know, the day before, a week before, or in the moment, anything that you can think about that is gratitude. And the reason I brought up the past and gratitude is because sometimes we're so caught up in what's going on in our present situation that we really do have a hard time finding enough things that we're grateful for. Like, yes, we're grateful that we're healthy and that we have a nice house or that you have enough money to pay for your food or a friend called you. Like, those are great things. But sometimes we run out of those in five minutes, you know? So going back to that amazing spring break you had in college or this a wonderful trip you had with your family, things like that. And you can start writing about the details of what happened and, you know, the most amazing girl trip you ever took, um, girls trip or... I don't know, whatever it is, it will help you. And then it will remind you of good things and that will raise your vibration. It will make you feel happy. And it's, again, it's a little joy ride. It's a joy ride of happiness out of your current situation. It's one of my favorite things to do and that will really help you um, just feel better and break this cycle and start to get rid of some of this compassion fatigue. So I love journaling. That's a great one. Um, talk therapy is good. Like if you have a therapist, of course, that's always good. If you have a therapist, continue to see your therapist, your therapist. So that's a separate issue. Um, picking up a new hobby. There's something you like doing. That's fun. Maybe there's something you've always wanted to do. Dancing is awesome. And so is listening to music. So, you know, call your Alexa, put on Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is, turn your favorite song on. It doesn't matter if it's ACDC or if it's Pharrell or some gangster rap. It doesn't matter what it is. Just get yourself dancing and being silly because that's also a form of exercise. You'll produce serotonin. You'll just get some endorphins going and it will feel good. 
All these things are really, really important and can help you so much. <laughs> it's exactly what you need to do. We want to break that stress addiction cycle. Um, and another, like I was explaining this to a friend, like, should I do a podcast on this? And actually two people I talked to that I really um, respect very much said, yes, absolutely. And I was talking to my friend, Terry in North Carolina, and we're like, you know what it's like, like when a hurricane's coming and they're saying, and, and for those of you who are in different climates, maybe when a snowstorm's coming and the media's all over it and your friends are all over it and you're boarding up your house, or you're running to the grocery store and you know, the aisles are empty, right? Cause you've grabbed the bread, the milk, the water, the batteries, the generators are gone. Like, cause you're getting ready for this big storm. The news is telling you it's coming. Schools are already closed. People are supply, you're ready. And then it misses you. And then it goes a hundred miles north or south, or maybe it disappears altogether and it doesn't happen. And of course, you don't want destruction. You didn't want the negative part of it, but part of you was so ready. You had all this adrenaline going and this cortisol going, that this storm was coming and it was going to be epic and you're ready and you have all your stuff. And then it's just gone. It's not there. And there's almost like this letdown, this feeling of like, oh, well, that's anticlimactic. That's normal. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, so that happens at a whole other epic level during the COVID and during the riots. Like we are so juiced up because every day that this is also desensitization is, you know, between the politics and then the virus and then the rioting and then back to the politics and then back to health issues and back to the economy issues and all the things we're so used to every day being bombarded, bombarded with the next big crisis that like any addiction, it takes more and more to produce that adrenaline, to produce that cortisol because we're pretty much depleted. So it takes a lot now. It takes a lot to get us going. And so you almost are looking for it, not consciously, of course, this is subconscious, but your body is kind of looking for it because it wants it. It's so used to thriving on it. Well, that's not good. We don't want it. We want it to thrive on serotonin, not even dopamine. Dopamine's like a, another happy one, right? But it's short bursts and that's also addictive. Serotonin's not. Serotonin is good. We want to feel good. We want to feel happy. We want to crave things that make us feel balanced. And yes, happy and stable and at peace. That's what we, what we want. Again, referring back to my friend Terry, and also my friend Asla here in, in Turkey, they've both planted these really amazing vegetable gardens, big, huge flower boxes that they've filled with all sorts of vegetables. And so every day they're tending their vegetables and getting excited for the crops. And it's given them a really amazing outdoor project. So why is this a brilliant thing to do? And if you don't have a big outdoor space, you even have a little patio, you can still do it in pots. Tomatoes are easy. Some lettuces are easy. But why is it so great? Because it's covering all these bases. You're getting out in nature. You're unplugged from media, from your cell phones, from the TV. You're getting a little bit of sunshine, some vitamin D. And it's meditative because you're focusing on something else. You're focusing on these plants, on this project. And also, you're getting in some earthing and grounding. I did a, a whole show on that um, a couple weeks ago. So I really encourage you to go check that out. It was a really great show. So you're connecting with the earth, you're getting outside in nature, you're, you're like increasing your serotonin, you're focusing on something else, you're unplugging, it's meeting like basically check, check, check <laughs> all the things that you can do to feel better. So that's something else. And again, if you don't have a garden, 
It's never too late. You can start planting simple things, even if it's just flowers. What I like about vegetables, of course, is because it gives you something constant to do. But even the flowers, like you need to trim off the old blossoms, you need to weed, it puts you outside, puts your hand in the dirt. That's just really, really, really great to do. Um, so, you know, and again, if you're not really sure if this resonates with you, think about it for a minute. Like, am I unusually tired? Am I noticing weight issues? Am I getting a little bit more belly fat than normal? Is my skin looking kind of crappy? Like these are all signs that your cortisol levels are off. Um, there was a really great article in The Guardian in 2018 that talked about the effects of the 24-hour news on our bodies, um, on our physical bodies and our emotional state. And I thought that was interesting because I can't even imagine what that is now um, with everything that's been going on, not just in the United States, but around the world, of course. So get outside, journal, do all these things that really, really can make you feel good. And, you know, another thing I like is if, you know, I want to say unplug from social media, like definitely stay off of Facebook if you can. But I do think there's some really great things that you can do with Instagram. And I have filled up my feed with baby animals. <laughs> I have uh, actually four different pages. I have my personal page. I have my Michelle Schoenfeld official page, which is for my speaking um, in my wellness business. I have a very small baby page for this podcast. You lost me at Namaste. Just started it. Um, so I'd love you to follow me because I don't have a lot of followers yet. I don't really promote it much. And I also have a hobby page called Door Dreaming, which is beautiful doors from around the world. Again, it's a small page. It's just something personal. And I will fill up each of these pages with things that I love. So my personal page, I fill up with baby animals. I love baby animals whether it's bush babies or baby goats or baby kittens or llamas or, you know, I love ground owls. So when I wake up in the morning, I live alone where, you know, during COVID, I am, you know, like I said, detained in Turkey. Everybody's sleeping pretty much in my life because of the time difference. And I do, I check social media and I look at all these baby animals and it makes me so happy. On my business page, Michelle Schoenfeld Official, I have a full of other spiritual wellness, happy pages. So yeah, there's some like amazing yoga people, but there's also healing energy tools and um, just, I don't want to plug everybody who I, I don't, I haven't asked to do, but really beautiful pages. You can go and see who I follow of people who are putting out positive content. Like her incredible mindset is great. Unicorn goddess is great. Um, there's fun pages too, things that just make me laugh. Even Circle of Idiots sometimes will make me laugh. But things that just um, are not going to be negative, drama, politics, just things that make you feel good. And of course, my door dreaming page is all beautiful doors from around the world. So I'm looking at beautiful flowers and old stones and kittens and windowsills and things like that. And it just makes you feel good because you want to start your day in a positive light and anything you can do. And that doesn't mean I wake up that way every day. Today, I woke up thinking about some financial constraints and some things with my family that I need to deal with. And I immediately took a little daydream to all these happy animals <laughs> and started thinking of positive things because I'm not putting my head in the sand. I need to deal with them, but I definitely don't need to think about it the first thing in the morning. And that goes at night as well. The last thing that you do before you go to sleep is, you know, maybe you've been watching a drama on Netflix or again, you're on social media or you had the news on or you had a conversation with a loved one and it was negative or scary or, you know, it doesn't mean that it wasn't important, but it just necessarily wasn't good, vibrating, happy stuff that makes you feel good. You don't want to go to bed like that for sure. 
uh, you know, I was talking to somebody in Arizona, like their company is looking to do another, you know, huge layoff. They've already laid off and furloughed 2,100 people. They're looking to do another probably thousand. And this is a tech company. You know, we don't want to think of those things before we go to bed. You want to think of happy thoughts, things that make you feel good, things that are hopeful, things that, because if you go to bed happy, you're more likely to wake up happy. You're more likely to have better dreams. So again, if you're not into meditation, I do love to meditate. So before I go to sleep, I'll close my eyes while I'm laying in bed. I'll just take some nice deep breaths and I'll kind of let myself kind of ascend out of my body. And I literally picture myself floating up out of my body, up through the ceiling, through the roof, into the dark night sky. And I just take a minute and I look around at all the stars, the roofs of the buildings around me. I look at the sea, you know, the banana and palm trees, whatever it is, maybe you're in a city and you see, you know, the lights of, of the city and you just kind of look at what the city looks like or your surroundings look like your neighborhood from above looking at the roofs and the garages and, you know, the cars in the driveway. And then, and that will kind of relax you. You'll literally feel your body sink a little heavier and deeper into your sheets. And then from there, if I haven't fallen asleep yet, which to be honest, I usually do, then I'll let my body float to wherever I want to go. And usually it's halfway around the world to a place that I just love. And there's two places I go to a lot. One is um, this high little mountain town in Colorado called Grand Lake. I grew up going there every summer as a child uh, until I was an adult and had my own children. And my parents still go there, which is amazing and wonderful. And there's a place you can hike. It's called um, Lone Pine Lake. And you hike up there. And it's just this beautiful little tiny lake, really high up. The air is cool and crisp, even in the middle of summer. There's this little tiny rock in the middle of this deep glacier lake, and it has one pine tree that grows on it. And there's a beautiful meadow. And as a child, because I have asthma, not so much anymore as an adult, but I did as a child, and the air's thin, you know. So when I would get up there, I would really have to kind of lay down. It always took me a while to climatize. And I would lay down in the really cool um, grass of this meadow. And I remember what it felt like. And as a child, I didn't realize I was probably earthing, right? I was feeling the connection of my body to the earth and how good that felt. And the cool grass on my hands, the dampness that I would feel come through my shirt or on my face. And I just remember that feeling, that ah oh, feeling. So as an adult, I'll go there sometimes in my mind. Um, I'll float and be there in this beautiful meadow high up in the mountains and I did that a lot during my cancer treatment. Actually, my hypnotherapist, Irit, helped me with that. And I will put the, all these resources in the comments, by, by the way, in the show notes, so you can check all these out. But it helped me a lot when I was feeling pain or feeling anxious or feeling a headache. I could go there and just feel that really moist ground, the coolness of the grass, this beautiful, clean air, and <sighs> moment. The other place I go in my mind, and this is more when I'm in the United States, when I'm in Washington, D.C. or Texas, I come here. I come back to Turkey. And I come, there's this little place called Gamushluk. There's an ancient city of Mindos, which kind of sunk during an earthquake thousands of years ago. Um, Mark Anthony, Cleopatra, there's a lot of really great history there. And I love it. It's isolated. It's small. There's this little bay. For whatever reason, I love it. I feel like I've lived there before. It calms me. So in my mind, I go there. And I float up above it. And I see the thousand-year-old olive trees. And I see the rocky cliffs and the beautiful Aegean Sea. And I just feel at peace. So these are the two places that I go to in my mind when I need it. And at this point, I'm so well-trained. And you can train yourself as well. It's practice within a couple of weeks. It might be a couple of days. It might take you three weeks. 
But eventually your body will get so used to this amazing feeling that you get when your mind goes there that it will relax, it'll let go of the daily stress, and you'll fall asleep. And so for me now, I rarely get to these two places before I fall asleep. And so try this. This is a really good exercise for you. And do it in bed when you're at night. And it's great. You can do it when you're alone. You can do it when there's somebody sleeping next to you. It doesn't matter. You're in your own little world. Float up out of your body, up through the roof, into the sky, and start your own little journey. So I didn't mean to digress so much. But the good news of all this is that this is treatable. This feeling is treatable. And just as quickly as we got into the kind of this rut, this rut of being addicted to the stress and um, and these feelings and maybe this hopelessness or this sadness or this overwhelmed feeling, just as quick as we sunk into this, we can snap out of it. <laughs> so that's the good news. And it all comes from self-care, from self-care. So, you know, somebody had said to me, but I feel I'm being selfish if I just tune out or if I don't answer this person's email or, you know, if I just don't go and meet my friends like I said I would. No, we think that selfish is a bad word. We've been trained that it's a bad word. And it's really not. It just means you're taking care of yourself. And I've said it over and over. Your number one responsibility in this world is to take care of yourself. It's the relationship you have with yourself because it makes you a better person. You can be a better parent, a better friend, a better lover, a better child, a better person. But it all comes from yourself. Is the reason why we all know on an airplane, they say when the oxygen mask drop down, if you need it, put yours on first because then you can help other people. It's the same way in life. You need to take care of yourself. Carve out time to be by yourself, to go for that walk, to listen to the music, to take the long bath. And if you, like things are starting to open up around the world and in the US a little bit, I'm definitely not saying go to the public beach or be crazy around people. We need to keep our social distance and be smart. But plan that little trip. If you can drive somewhere, you know, there's something open, you know you can drive there for the day, go to the lake, or, you know, maybe you have a friend who's always said, oh, you can come to my beach house or whatever it is. Or maybe you're looking for October or November. Go ahead and plan it now. Plan a weekend away, plan a vacation, whatever it is, because it will make you feel good. And you'll know that you have this relief coming, that you have this really exciting thing to look forward to. And, you know, if you're in the United States or if you're in, in Europe somewhere, you're someplace where we're not sure if we can really travel outside our borders or outside our state, look for someplace around you that maybe you haven't explored before. It doesn't have to be so extraordinary. Just look for something that you can get to and plan a trip there. Maybe there's a hot springs or there's a, a, a lake you've never seen, or there's a little town that has antiquing or a winery, a vineyard, something different that you've never done. It doesn't have to be epic. And just plan a weekend there, plan an overnight there, and start doing all the research on TripAdvisor or anything that you want to start to see what there is to do there that's different. And it will make you feel better. It will give you something hopeful to look forward to. And it will raise your vibration and just get you feeling better. So I hope that that's helped. I hope that you've enjoyed this up this issue today of you lost me at Namaste. I want to hear from you. I want to know your stories. I want to know if you need some extra help. I want to know your success stories. So send me a DM on Michelle Schoenfeld official on Instagram or you lost me at Namaste. As always, you can email me at Michelle 
at michelleschoenfeld.com. I want to hear from you. I want to know, and other people do too. When we share our stories, we inspire people. Know that you're not alone. No matter how extreme your story is, you're probably not alone in your feelings. The actual details might be unique and specific, but your feelings are not. Um, And I think that's important to say as well, is that whatever you're feeling in the positive way of know that you're not alone, there's people out there who love you that you don't even know love you. There's people who admire you who you don't even know are admiring you. And it doesn't, you know, it, it's really hard right now to remind ourselves of good times and feeling good. And if you're listening to this and you are feeling good, that's great. Share your light with others. Share your happy stories. We want to hear those too. And if you're just having, you know, if you're feeling like you're in a funk, know that that's normal. It is so normal to be in a funk. And what we want to do is pull ourselves out of it and know that there are reasons for it. We can be addicted to stress. We can be addicted to that cortisol and it brings us down. It makes us feel tired. It makes us gain weight or lose weight, store belly fat, like all the things that I said, but you can break the cycle. So start your journaling, start your meditation, start your new exercise, dance in your underwear, plant a garden. (laughs) All these things can really help you. And if you're listening to this later and you're still concerned about compassion fatigue because you are taking care of a loved one, if you are taking care of somebody who has cancer or some other kind of chronic illness and you're just feeling worn out, call on your friends, call on other family members. Um, Maybe you can get a third-party person to give you a break once in a while. All those things are really important. They are. You, You deserve the break. It's normal. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not a bad person. You're not... Um, definitely don't feel guilty about it. You need to take care of yourself. That's the most important thing. Do not blame yourself. Cut yourself a break. No judgment. <laughs> we need to find a way to bring our lives back into balance. And as I said, the good news is it's going to happen. Better days are coming. I am so sure of it. The best days are yet to come. And all this negative stuff that is going on is in the past. It's happened already. Even the bad stuff that happened yesterday or that's happening right now, it's over. It's done. We can't do anything about it. It's over. It's time to start fresh, looking forward, looking for the happy things, the silver lining, the positive stories that are going on in life and let go of all that stuff that happened. We survived it. It's over. We can't change it anyway. We can't. All you can do is take care of yourself, shine your own light, live from a place of love and knowing that that starts with your own self-love, loving yourself, I've done episodes on that as well. So if you have a hard time with self-love, go back and listen to that because everything in life stems from self-love. It just makes you able to deal with every situation better if you can come from a place of love (laughs) is what we need to do and make sure you're taking some time for yourself. Circle your wagons a little bit, regroup, show yourself some self-care, take that Epsom salt bath, um, whatever it is that you like to do to show yourself some love. And, um, and that's it. So know that you're worthy, that you're enough. You were born for a reason. The best days in life are yet to come. I promise you they are. So until next time, um, yeah, that's it. I love you. Love to all of you. Namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of You Lost Me at Namaste. 
If you liked it or you like this podcast in general, please take a moment and share the love by dropping me a review, giving me a rating, or sharing it with your friends. The more love and light we can spread, the better our world will be. Thank you, and until next time, namaste.